Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. L- Lord, please uh, bless, bless this show. Help us to always love you and serve you. Amen. In your name we pray, amen. In the name of the amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Real excited today to have two doctors on the show. First show is going to be uh, dedicated to Dr. Johnny Volt. Welcome to the show. John. Hello, thank you. All right. Uh, today's co-host will be Dr. Damon Cudahy, and he's going to be grilling uh, his partner here <laughs> on the show. But uh, um, Johnny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm from Alexandria. I uh, went to Menard High School and uh, met my wife at LSU. Go Tigers. That's right. Um, I uh, graduated in civil engineering, uh, uh-huh. but, but was staring at a computer screen all day, every day, not enjoying that. Um, but my roommate at the time was a cop, so uh, I heard all these cool stories, and I said, oh, let me go do that for a little bit. Uh-huh. So I did. I loved it. I, um, but I thought I could help in a more meaningful way. Uh, as a physician, I applied to med school and was lucky enough to get in. Wow. My son-in-law is a, a civil engineer, so I'm, and he went to LSU. I'm loving this story already. Yeah. So. <laughs> no defund the police either, right? We're not That's doing right. that deal. So, uh, so okay, so tell, you know, you guys have a different kind of practice, and uh, Dr. Cutter, he's going to jump in here in a minute, but but I know that um, it, it's definitely Catholic-centered, and, and, and so I guess you obviously have a deep faith life to join this group. Tell us about your faith life and kind of where that started. Uh, well, I've always been Catholic. I uh, went to... Um, you know, Catholic schools growing up, went to Mass every Sunday. Um, so there are Catholics in Alexandria. It, yes, there okay. are. Well, yeah. for us. Here, at least. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear that, uh, that Alexandria is more like southern Arkansas than everybody <laughs> down here. But um, Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, – and then certainly at LSU, um, I was part of Christ the King at the, at the on-campus ministry there and, um, you know, have just become – uh, I've, I've also started going to Latin Mass. We really enjoyed that. Wow. Yeah. So, Doc, I'm going to let you get in. But I was sure. I, I spent five great years at LSU, uh, turned a four-year program into five, and, <laughs> and I did not honestly know there was a, a Catholic church on campus. I'm ashamed to say my mother. I hope she – my mother's passed since, so she I don't have to go to confession with her. But, but I know they have it really going on uh, right now. My kids have all gone through there, and Christ the King does have a special program. You know, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my, my kids were really touched through, through that whole program. But, Doc, I'll turn it over to you. Get, get, get after him. <laughs> well, um, you know, Dr. Voltz, I'd, I'd be curious if you would just share how you found me. And uh, I have some vague memories of being in my office uh, uh, four years ago when right. you were just getting started and OBGYN residency. And um, I know it took Dr. Hardy about 20 years to find a partner when I finally joined. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, uh, our, the practice was growing a lot, you know, and when you, you came at a great time when I really felt that, uh, that uh, it was time to start looking for a partner to, to share the workload as, as so many wonderful patients are coming to see us. Yeah. Uh, well, certainly it, going through med school, I was thinking I was going to do emergency medicine. Okay. Um, you know, it was very similar to law enforcement. And I really enjoyed that. But then I did labor and delivery, saw that uh, that it's very similar to, uh, to to the ER. Plus, you get the OR. Plus, you get continuity of, uh, with patients. Right. Um, but then, you know, there was the whole contraception sterilization aspect. And I said, is this possible to be an OBGYN as a yeah. Catholic? Um, all the Catholics, or, you know, all the people that I saw it's going to Sunday Mass uh, were also prescribing. And so right. that was confusing. So I said, you know, is it possible to be an OBGYN 
Um, and so, uh, you know, I, asking around, talking to different people, uh, Dr. Cudahy, this name who I'd never heard before, kept coming up. <laughs> so I said, well, let me reach out to this guy and see, is, yeah. is this realistic, how he does it, and that kind of thing. Oh, wow. I, I can relate a little bit myself because the, the when I had discerned, you know, a, a calling to the medical profession in college, um, I didn't think it was, first of all, possible to even be a doctor as a Catholic and then certainly not an OBGYN doctor. And it wasn't until I had heard about uh, Dr. Hilgers and um, a couple of uh, only one or two others in the country that were uh, Catholics that were contraception free and really uh, following their faith in the full in the way they lived and, and practiced um, the, the profession. So um, it, I think it does take, you know, someone else, you know, as a witness to show you that it is possible. And it almost wasn't possible for me because it was a, a definitely a, a challenging time, you know, going through residency training uh, before I ended up here. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to see if during medical school and during residency, if you had any kind of challenges to your faith in, in, in this aspect and trying to live authentically um, as a doctor. Oh, sure. I mean, there's, you know, there's all sorts of levels of cooperation. Right. And, and it's tough to know what, what level of, of um, uh, what level of participation it would be, you know, sinful, what is not mm. sinful, what yeah. is what is furthering my medical career versus what is, you know, it, it's difficult yeah. to, to, to thread that needle. And I feel like that um, I know that there's a lot of medical students and a lot of residents who who kind of go through the program thinking I'm just going to push through this. Uh, you know, prescribe, you know, do sterilizations for now. And then once I get out, I can do my own thing. But a lot of times what happens is once they get out, they continue doing sterilizations. They continue doing contraception. uh, I've seen the same thing. And once you start doing that, you can always push it off. You know, you'll never actually change that habit and cooperating. And I think that when we compromise a little bit, we get used to that. And then there's always a reason to continue cooperating to to be accepted in, um, in the profession. Uh, it reminds me of a, when I was talking to my mom and I'd had a deeper conversion on these matters and she heard that I was looking to go into this field, my mom was concerned that um, I wouldn't have any patients, that I would go and become an OBGYN and basically be you know, without a job. <laughs> and so yeah. um, uh, there's, there's, there is definitely um, an aspect in which we are truly signs of contradiction as a, a Catholic doctor who's contraception-free um, in a profession where the most part we're expected to be the biggest cheerleaders and promoters of contraception right yeah so here's the funny part neither one of these guys are, are, are cajun catholics right <laughs> yeah and uh, all of their their um their customers uh if you want to say patients are are cajun catholics for the most part right and uh, and you did you guys set up in the right place absolutely you know no doubt and uh, and i know that i have two daughters that 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 are y'all's patients and and I was telling uh, Dr. Cudahy, my daughter was living in San Antonio, and, and uh, Dr. Pilkington, they searched him out to do NFP and whatnot, and uh, and, and, and he referred uh, my, my kids back over here when they moved back home, you know, but small world. Yeah, well, I kind of beg to differ about the uh, not a Cajun thing. Okay, all right, <laughs> yeah, all right. There's plenty of Jansons and Grimions, gr- gr- <laughs> okay. Melansons in the, in the family tree. You so. got me, you got me, but you know, we just think everything north of I-10. That's is like, true. That's, that's true. right. It's like the end of the world over there. But uh, I know that's not true. So, um, uh, so t- tell me, uh, Doctor Volts, I want to hear a little bit deeper about your, you know, uh, your prayer life. How 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 God kind of came into your life? Are you married? You know, I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm married to uh, to Shelley. Uh, we've got four kids. Well, wow. we've got five kids. One is intrauterine still. Oh my goodness. Uh, so she's she's 33 weeks, um, 
And uh, yeah, Dr. Dr. Cudahy is our OB. Okay. Uh, we, we might change, though. We're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not scared, boy. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And so how did y'all meet? We met at LSU uh, we, at the Catholic Center there. And uh, we hit it off and started dating. That's awesome. Yeah. Beautiful, huh? Uh, you know, uh, I always like to uh, hear, you know, and people like LSU is a party school. Like, that's my school. And uh, and to think that, like, for instance, Father Michael Delcom, I mentioned to you, the first guest on Cajun Catholics, turned, uh, found, you know, God in, 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 at LSU in Baton Rouge, you know, became a priest, got the calling there. You guys, you know, I mean, you especially uh, here at LSU, and 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 yeah, and you, you know, both of you kind of have military type background. I, th- I find that interesting. A policeman and ex-military, right? So, yes. how does that how does that work into your occupation? Is that just a coincidence, or does that spill over into into your job? I mean, I, I think to to have that moral fortitude to to go countercultural, I think there is something hmm. that you do need some type of interior strength, something to say. You know that you've gone against the crowd. I know. I think of you know being the only person in a room and having, you know, twenty people yelling at me at the same time <laughs> as as a, you know, a similar situation where you know you're standing out as as the oddball. Um, hmm. And the, although you're 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 saying no, what I'm doing is legal right. in, in that situation. Whereas um, you know in this situation, you know, I may say no, what I, what I'm doing is is what I believe is moral. Hmm. So I think there may be some similarities. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, as, um, you know, a former military officer, I really like that uh, description of the church on earth as the church militant. That's right. And, and it's a spiritual battle. And so um, there's a lot of, you know, imagery of, you know, fighting the good fight and, you know, the, the armor of faith and, and the sword of truth, those sorts of things that um, I think appeals especially to men. Um, because our faith is, is really not for the faint-hearted, so to speak. We are called to be men of courage, and, uh, and, and our relationship to our, our wives and, and to our children, and, and I think as physicians, is a, a sort of a, as a, a father to them. And, you know, patients want to know that they have, you know, uh, someone who cares about them with a, a fatherly concern and solicitude that's going to defend, you know, their... Um, their honor and their integrity and the way that they treat them as a patient. Because I think many patients feel taken advantage of, sometimes they're exploited or not really cared for properly, you know, by their physicians and, and the way that modern medicine has progressed and has, you know, degenerated in some many aspects. Dr. Volt, um, tell me about, without breaking any HIPAA laws over here, you know, just generally speaking, the, the, the people that your patients, the uh, uh, a lot of young Cajun girls that that I do think do have a, a deep Catholic faith, uh, and 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 do you get to see some of that, you know, in your patients? Uh, what's what's a typical consult? I mean, do you talk religion? Is that okay? Uh, I haven't been talking to religion too much. Certainly yeah. in in the residency program, I tried to avoid that. And yeah. but I think most of the concepts that we have to discuss can be discussed complete without religion, whether that's abortion or contraception, mm-hmm. sterilization. Um, so, you know, a lot of times I'll say that, uh, or, you know, they'll, if someone asks me, well, what are your thoughts on birth control? Or, you know, what do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. And I'll say, well, you know, when you're, when you're on birth control, that takes away the ability or that thought process of, a, of having a child. So what I've found that, that this leads to is objectification of women. Mm. Um, and then when you do inevitably become pregnant through the failure of contraception, that'll leave you with two things, either single motherhood or an abortion. Hmm. Because when the, when, the, when the man that, that you're with 
is is expecting uh, intercourse without any consequences. When he gets a consequence, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you're going to either be a single mother or or be tempted to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so without even discussing religion, I think you can. Uh, in, in a few seconds, discuss that concept. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. Boltz, do you find also that, you know, you it's sort of protected you from being blinded to the genuine medical harms that the pill can cause in terms of um, what what that does to women? Because that's another aspect. I really like what you said, but I find it also helpful, you know, to... Uh, my general thoughts are that the, the pill, the, the medical harms are minuscule compared to the psychological mm. and the social harms or the, and the spiritual i would imagine right and you know just the you know having having fathered his home certainly being a cop you i, I, I don't know what high percentage exactly but uh, a, the vast majority of the people i arrested you know had no fathers in the homes were wow you, and, wow and the, See, and, so there's that there's that bleed over into your other occupation huh yeah, right that's very and, insightful yeah I, that Thanks for sharing that. I, that's a perspective that I, I didn't quite appreciate what you just said about the, the social and the psychological harms of the whole birth control mentality and that, that practice. Wow. I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is Dr. Johnny Voltz. He is the newest member of Acadiana OBGYN, and he is partnered with Dr. Damon Cudahy, who is our co-host. And if you tune in next week, you're going to get to hear Dr. Cudahy's uh, testimony and story about his faith. But today we're talking about Dr. Johnny's faith. And uh, so, you know, um, what would you say again, like, uh, this is a loaded question for you, but we'll turn a religious question. But if, if you were preaching to a non-Catholic uh, to say that the, that Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist, would, how would you uh, how would you make an argument y- yourself in, in in an experience, baby? That's a that's very difficult. Um, <laughs> we let, we ask tough questions here. I see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, certainly with the Latin Mass, that's much easier to explain than with the English Mass. I guess I was having a lot of um, uh, cognitive dissonance with how casually, uh, at least at some of the masses I had been to, that the Eucharist was treated. Um, and so going to Latin Mass and seeing how, how different things are and the respect um, that, that is shown throughout is is, is indicate, yeah. Strengthen your faith. Right. You know, it's funny because the Holy Spirit's boy bouncing in here. I got a book two weeks ago from one of my prayer partners on, on, on how to learn Latin and all about the mass and the terms and i haven't picked it it's on the edge of my uh, uh, bed stand but i haven't touched it yet but i've heard that from a lot of people and I, i've also heard like uh that when they do exorcisms that like um when they when they pray uh, uh the saint joseph's prayer in latin that, mm. that the devil can't they can't deal with that you know it's like twice as powerful that's some that's some wild stuff right there do you have a favorite saint uh, I don't know if I do. Uh, so there's Saint Vitalis of Gaza, who I, I don't think is recognized in the Western Church, but in the Eastern Church, uh, he was a, a laborer, uh, and also a monk who worked as a laborer. He would spend all day working, and he he would come home by a prostitute for the night. And instead of the traditional uh, use of time, he would read her the Bible, cook her dinner, uh-huh. all, and and you know discuss the faith. And he ended up converting. You know, hundreds of prostitutes. Wow. Uh, he ended up dying by, but he left a brothel one morning and uh, someone saw him and said, Look at this uh, hypocrite and hit him on the, on the head with a rock and mm. he died. Mm. But um, that's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, um, doggone it, Lou, my chain of thought. Doc, why don't you jump in here? Uh, sure. Um, yeah. 
if you want, wouldn't mind sharing anything just about the, the, the way you live out your faith life um, with your wife and your children. And that's something that I really appreciate about you, that you and your wife have been open to life early in your marriage and that you come here already with four born children and one on the way, because I think that is always a witness to the patients that, you know, when they come to you, they know that you are you can relate to having children, and at least your wife can relate to the pregnancy and, and the challenges of having a large family. So I don't know if you wanted to share any aspects of that. And yeah, as far as um, family life, you know, we try to uh, Shelley and I try to pray individually with with one another, um, in addition to praying a rosary nightly with the family. Mm. Um, which can be difficult, certainly, with, with the two-year-old. Right. But yeah. um, with, with everyone else, it, it, it's been going pretty well. And I feel like that has certainly strengthened us um, as a family. Right. All right, I have a question. And I, I remembered what I was going to talk about. We need to definitely talk about Roe versus Wade. You know, this mm. is a hot topic that, that's happened. And, and I guess I need to get y'all's take, because you guys are really on the inside of this, of oh, this yeah. topic. So give me a little bit about what, what, what you thought when you heard the news. Did you ever believe that that would happen? And just in general reaction. Yeah, I think that there's two, two arguments to be made. That there's one, the, the legal, the pure constitutionalist argument, saying that abortion is not mentioned in the Constitution, therefore it shouldn't be a federal issue, this should be a state issue. Um, so that's, that's one aspect of it. But the other is obviously the moral aspect of it, is that the only possible way that the defining moment of human life is, con- is conception. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from a moral aspect, that, that abortion should, should be um, illegal. So, so here's a, a silly question, but a doctor question, because I've often wondered, like, at the point of conception, at how long is it before there's a heartbeat? Is that how long? Normally at uh, about four weeks after after okay. conception. Yeah, and I, I routinely, today included, I, I routinely am able to detect the heartbeat on ultrasound um, four weeks after conception. Now, we call that six weeks of pregnancy. There's a little um, historic, you know, um, uh, uh, background where pregnancy is actually dated two weeks before conception, before she's actually pregnant, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to answer the Roe v. Wade thing, too. Yeah, I was sure. blown away, you know, when I first heard the leaked report of this, and, and I honestly... I had seriously doubted I would ever see this happen in my lifetime. And uh, and as long as I've been an adult and even in high school, you know, God had put a deep conviction on this issue, uh, on the seriousness of this. I've had pro-life bumper stickers on my car since I was 16, first driving. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's something that is, you know, God had convicted me of so deeply at an early age, you know, uh, just the the reality of um, what's happening when children are killed um, by by abortion and utero and it just what a spiritual devastation this is to the world and to our country in particular so um, I think this is um, just a monumentous you know victory um, for for God and for Christianity and for humanity I mean it's one of the greatest things that's happened in the history of our country since its founding mm-hmm. so this gives me tremendous hope for the future of, of our country so, Doc, tell me how are there how many other doctors like you guys around the country that are that are pretty much Catholic pra- practicing OBGYNs? Uh, it's, it's tough to say. Um, I've been trying to keep track of you know what residency programs are mm-hmm. available to to people uh, who are wanting to avoid sterilization and contraception. Uh, my guess is there's about probably five residents each year that graduate. Um, so it'd be tough to say how many currently exist. Yeah, I tried to do the math when I was first starting residency um, uh, going on uh, 
close to 20 years ago now. I'm getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm getting up long in the tooth, as they say. But um, and the, the stats that I came up with were um, ironic or surprisingly about one in a thousand. If if That's by unreal. yeah, and and so um, if there were. Um, uh, ten, if there were 10,000 board certified OBGYNs, there might be 100 that were fully um, Catholic in the way they lived their professional life, and meaning essentially uh, being contraception free uh, is the preferred term I like to use. And so I think that's grown though. I definitely think since I have gone through residency, there have been many more. So I think if there were um, 50 to 100 um, fully pro-life contraception OBs, um, then I think there's probably a couple hundred now, maybe 300. I think that um, it's definitely growing, um, you know, but we have a lot of room to grow, certainly. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's growing with the, the church and the laity deepening their faith. I think we've come a long ways and, and Catholics um, learning and appreciating what the greatest gift in marriage is of children and the gift uh, and that their fertility truly is. Yeah. So, does Louisiana have more than most, or uh... I, I believe so. so? Well, at least it, practicing ha- having uh, both Dr. Cudahy and me now, Dr. Hardy, right uh, in Lake Charles. I think there's a Dr. Darbon. Darbon, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, um, but but definitely, I think Louisiana has, I think, the most practicing Catholics. I mean, as far as Catholics that would support uh, yes. an OB- OBGYN, they would they would come to see us for that reason. Um, How about Baton Rouge? How about our, our, our school? Is, is there places there, or, or these guys got to come to Lafayette? I think you have to go to Lafayette. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, and we do have several patients that travel from Baton Rouge to see I us, bet, and, huh? and even further. Wow, that's amazing. New Orleans, you think? Oh, I have patients from New Orleans. Uh, not as much for OB care, but when they're looking for uh, a more um, – uh, idea. Yeah, yeah, a more holistic and authentic approach to treating infertility. I've had patients travel from out of state, from all all around the state, you know, Shreveport, New Orleans, uh, Lake Charles, and, and beyond. All right, Doctor Volz, I have a tough one for you. There's not a tough one, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I also have a, a very much of a devotion to the rosary and every day for a long, long time, and I find myself praying my rosary in strange places, you know, but. <laughs> Uh, at work sometimes too, you know. And do you, do you pray at work when you're when you're working, or uh, are you guys? Uh, do you pray with your patients? Tell tell me about that. Uh, I haven't incorporated that into my practice as far as praying with patients. I've seen it done um, prior to surgery, and I do like that. Um, as far yeah. as it, throughout uh, most days, in, or at least in residency, we're so busy that uh, prayer did not enter into my thought process. I but. See. How much you, Doc? Um, yeah, uh, the first thought that comes to mind is when I know I'm about to walk into the room of a patient that's going to be a really tough situation, um, morally, um, physically, um, the, the, you know, I, I would many uh, frequently will make the sign of the cross and say a quick prayer for, for God's, you know, inspiration to, to lead me. Um, and it may be something as simple as this patient's, you know, really wanting me to sterilize her and I have to try to you know, um, carefully explain to her why um, I, I can't do that and why I don't think that's a good idea. Or it may be a, another situation where she's had, um, she's been, a, you know, sexually assaulted or something that's a deep spiritual and physical, emotional wound. And, and, and I really need the, the help of God's assistance and mm-hmm. how to best handle that. Um, but um, I, I have, um, not every time, but when I feel the patients are receptive to it, there are many times when I've prayed with patients before surgery and they really uh, appreciate that. And I benefit 
from that too. So that's something I um, I try to do when um, I, I feel it's appropriate and the patients would would would, would desire that. Item. That's beautiful. I ha- I've had some uh, guests on recently who uh, are you know um, they, they they consult with pro life and 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 they they consult with these people that are ha- are considering abortions and just some beautiful uh, uh, organizations in Lafayette. And we had that in the conversation of sex trafficking, and I asked if that was happening here in Lafayette, and they, they said they, that it was. Uh, mm. You guys believe that? I, I certainly do. I mean, unfortunately, not many of those patients, you know, um, are able to come to us. We don't yeah. see them um, necessarily, but I believe it happens. I think there's a lot, sadly, that happens um under the radar, so to speak, and, and maybe with your law enforcement background, you can speak to that, Dr. Holtz. Yeah, I, I was involved in a, a, f- a few little uh, prostitution sting operations, and they would be, you know, around Super Bowl time, around some a big event, there'd be people coming from Oklahoma or mm-hmm. Florida and different places like that for, so the, I guess the definition of sex trafficking can be somewhat nebulous, mm-hmm. but yeah, a lot of times there is, you know, a, um, there's some, some form of prostitution with a, uh, with a pimp of some sort that, and and the the level of involvement can vary significantly whether mm-hmm. it's a solo practitioner type deal or a, a larger operation. Yeah, I know that the the border and immigration is certainly a, a huge problem mm-hmm. and and an issue, and it's something we're all dealing with. And 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 with our faith, uh, it's it's right on the forefront of the Catholic faith of how we how we handle that. You know, certainly. And so I know politics may become into y'all's job a little bit sometimes. Uh, is that something that you? kind of just got to keep close to the vest or or what's your thoughts about that how do you feel about you know uh well uh, getting involved i guess as far as legislation and i know doc you've you, that's certainly something you've been doing you johnny that's i haven't been uh as a resident i was trying to fl- fly below the radar as much as possible. right right yeah keep your head down <laughs> yeah and the well, um, that's that's been one of the many blessings, and not entirely expected. When I came here, was having opportunities to be more publicly involved in the pro-life movement. Um, you know, a, a, a good friend of mine in the area who's been on the show, uh, maybe not this show, but other shows on this station, um, Ryan Barrett, one of the first guys I met oh, here. I he's, know Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, you know had worked and affiliated with Louisiana Right to Life and introduced me a lot to a lot of leadership there. And I had been involved um, as an expert witness for the state of Louisiana defending some pro-life laws, several times testifying before um, uh, legislative committees and helping to get pro-life legislation passed. And so those were um, opportunities that um, uh, I've really cherished and and really have uh, appreciated and I felt was a way to take um, uh, my experience as a OBGYN and bring it to the public sphere to on, on another level to help bring about you know more um, just and and, uh, yeah. and authentic laws for for the people of our state thank you so much for doing that we need we need our good Catholics to step oh, up you're welcome thank you so uh, Johnny uh, just again um, uh, just a real blessing to have you here in Acadiana and on the show is is a, is Alexandria Cajuns a little different than Lafayette what, what is your experience <laughs> well, certainly the the spices and foods are going to be a lot different. The uh, the style of jambalayas I've found is different. <laughs> Did you find a good church parish and some good priests? Uh, is, yeah, certainly in Alexandria and up in St. Louis and now down in Lafayette. Okay. Yeah, we've been going to um, uh, St. Francis uh, the, the, the Tours, uh, yeah, St. Yeah. Martin de Tours. St. Martin de Tours. Wow. Yeah. yeah, okay, good. All right. Well, uh, again, we, we're going to uh, invite our guest, our, our guest, to come back for for next week for the show. Uh, you're going to be able to hear uh, 
Dr. Cudahy and um, Dr. Volz is going to co-host the show, so please tune in next week. Uh, going to be a jam-packed show, and these guys have so much to offer. They're soldiers for Christ, and we're so lucky to have them here in Lafayette. Again, it's Acadiana OBGYN. Uh, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics with uh, today's guest, Dr. John Volz, Dr. Johnny Volz, and uh, and our co-host, Dr. Damon Cudahy. Thank you guys for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank All you. Right, and again, we always uh, challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. And again, until next time, God bless. Thank you.